found in Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go. Somebody shout that, Let my people go, that they may serve me. And I want to talk to you on that thought. We can't stay in Egypt. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. It's the showdown of God and Pharaoh. The children of Israel are in bondage in Egypt. They're ruled by their cruel taskmasters and enslaved by the Egyptians. They are in bondage in Egypt. And the Bible lets us know that they cried unto the Lord. And the Lord heard their cry. Thank God that the Lord hears our cry. It doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter what we've been involved in. It doesn't matter what our last name is. When we cry unto God, He hears us. Thank God He hears us. Thank God He hears our cry. Thank God He hears our voice. Can I tell somebody tonight that there is power in prayer? There's power in worship. And there's power in crying out to Him. Don't stop seeking Him. Don't stop running after Him. Activate your faith and learn to cry out to God. For if you do, God will hear you. Let's read the book of Exodus. Because we know that the word Exodus means a way out. Exodus is a book of redemption in the Old Testament that redeems God's chosen people, Israel. It was Israel's way out. It was their exit from Egypt. It was their exit from bondage. And thank God, it's still about deliverance. Christianity is still about deliverance. The church is still about deliverance. Ministry is still about deliverance. People will say, you don't need the church. You don't need religion. You don't need Christianity. Christianity is being Christ-like. And if that's being Christ-like, then we've got to understand that He is our way out. Whether you like it or not, I need the church. You need the church. I need Him. You need Him. God's message to the devil is, and our message to those that are in bondage and entangled in sin is still, let my people go. Devil, get your hands off them. Sin, quit keeping them down. Pharaoh, let my people go. Get up. Shake off the dust. Shake off the past hurt. Shake off the past mistakes and get up and let God deliver you because God is still in the business of delivering. Bible says he that the son has set free is free indeed. God said to Jonah, well what? Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Can I tell you, God saw Nineveh's potential in spite of the wickedness. In spite of the sin there, he saw potential. Thank God that God saw potential in me. Thank God he saw potential in you. 
Your friends gave up on you. Family gave up on you. But God never gave up on you. In Genesis, God said, let there be light. And what? There was light. The power was in the command. And in Revelations, he said, let him that is a thirst, let him come. And whosoever let him take of the water of life freely. He said, he that drinks of this well shall thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give shall never thirst again. Can I tell somebody the gates of hell can't stand against the power of the church's message of redemption? Hell must get out of the way when the gospel's preached. If you want salvation, I've got good news for you. You can have salvation. If you want a new life, thank God you can have a new life. If you want your sins to be washed away, here's the beauty of it. They can. His blood can wash away all your sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is the good news, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And hell can't stop it. The preaching of this gospel destroys the very grip of sin. The preaching of this good news shakes the very foundation of hell. Matthew 16, 18 says, And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, the revelation of who he was, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give thee keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There is power in his word. And he can get you out. Aren't you glad that God can get you out? There are two things that are noteworthy about Exodus. Number one, the first thing that's noteworthy about Exodus is this. It's a man. Israel would have had no hope except for a God-called man by the name of Moses. But understand, it wasn't Moses' ability nor was it his personality that delivered Israel. It was the anointing of God that rested upon him. God did the work, but he chose to do it through a man. Moses looked at the rod and said, God, it's just a rod. But God answered, it's not just a rod. It's the rod of God. And if you will use what you have, I will do the rest. Can I tell somebody tonight that God wants to work through you? God wants to use you. And we must get this message, this good news, this gospel message out. We got to stand up and boldly proclaim the word of God. The second noteworthy thing about Exodus was the message. Exodus, the book of redemption is one half law. And the giving of the law in the last half of the book, chapters 19 to 40, teaches us that the redeemed must do the will of their Redeemer. They must consecrate themselves 
to his service. They must submit to his will and to his control. They must simply let God lead them. Otherwise, it's not redemption. God is not content just to be your Savior. He wants to be your Lord. Somebody made this statement, and that statement was, if God can't say no, don't ever call him Lord. Because God must be Lord of all, or he's Lord of nothing. And Exodus begins by telling how God came down in the grace to deliver an enslaved people and the ends by declaring how God came down in glory to dwell in the midst of a redeemed people. Moses' message was a message of complete deliverance from Egypt. And our message is the same because we know that Egypt is what? A type of the world. And the gospel is all about getting yourself out of Egypt. Keeping yourself out of Egypt and keeping Egypt out of you. That's the message. Keep this world out of you and keep God in you. But listen to me. Pharaoh, which is a type of the devil does not want to let you go. He doesn't want to relinquish his hold on you without resistance. The devil simply doesn't want to lose you. And he'll try his best to have you compromise your convictions. He will try and get into your spirits. He'll try to get into your minds. You don't have to do all that. You don't have to be a part of that. You don't have to give up that. You can live the way you want to live. You can act the way you want to act. You can dress the way you want to dress. It's not a heaven or hell issue. You're not that bad. It's not important. Live the way you want to live and go where you want to go because after all, it's your life. Live it to the fullest. Nobody's going to tell me what I can or what I can't do. Compromise a little. It won't hurt you. Give in just a little because it's not that important. That's what Pharaoh did to Moses and to God and to all the people of Israel. Pharaoh offered four compromises to the message of Moses and any one of them would have messed up God's plan for their lives. Listen to this. The first compromise, Pharaoh said, hey, I want you to stay in Egypt. Exodus 8, 25. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. Pharaoh knew that if he could just keep them in Egypt, he'd still have control over them. If he could just keep Israel in Egypt, he'd have no problem with them serving God because Egypt would still be inside them. 
But God said, I want you to travel three days journey all the way to the resurrection. And we need to go all the way to a Holy Ghost experience. Faith is wonderful. Prayer is powerful. And repentance is incredible. But the devil doesn't care how much you believe, how much you pray, how much you repent, just as long as you don't leave Egypt. Keep Egypt inside you. That's the enemy's desire. And if Israel had chosen to worship in the land, they would have never been a separated people. And they still would have been in bondage. And it would never have been acceptable in the sight of God. Can I tell you repentance turns your heart around? Repentance gets rid of things that don't belong in your life. True repentance purges you. Repentance buries the sin, kills and destroys the bondage of sin over your life. Repentance brings you towards Him. And it's through the watery grave of baptism in Jesus' name that puts you in Christ. Bible says when you're buried with him in baptism, you take on his name. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Water baptism puts you into Christ and you take on his name. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost puts Christ in you. The Holy Ghost is God now dwelling on the inside of us. We've turned towards him, we put on him, and we put him inside us. That's the gospel. That's the message. That's the good news, the hope of glory. God dwelling on the inside of mankind. That's why the new birth is essential. That's why the new birth is life-changing. God has not changed his plan. A man must be born again. How do you be born again? But by water and by spirit. We must come out from among them, among the Egyptians, among this world, and we must be separate, saith the Lord. And we can't do it if we stay in Egypt. We must get out of Egypt. Somebody shout that. I got to get out of Egypt. Can I tell you when the waters of the Red Sea closed behind the children of Israel and the pillar of the cloud and fire led them away, Pharaoh could no longer touch Israel. The same it is when you're baptized in Jesus' name and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the devil can't touch you anymore. The devil no longer has control in your life. Hallelujah. Why? Because you now have God working for you. You have God on the inside of you. The Bible says he that's within me is greater than he that's within the world. Got to get God inside. Got to have God inside. Second compromise. Pharaoh said, well, I'll let you go. But stay close. Exodus 8, 28, 
And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the, your Lord, your God in the wilderness. Only ye shall not go very far away and treat for me. When Pharaoh saw that Moses and Aaron were set on leaving Egypt, he just suggested another compromise. He said, you can leave, but just stay close. I need a call on you. Pharaoh knew that if the children of Israel were close, he'd still be able to recapture them easily. And can I tell you, the devil never gives up. He sees many salvation experiences just as a temporary victory. And he never stops trying to get us back. He tries everything. He tries bitterness. He tries offense. He tries jealousy. He tries backbiting. Gossiping, uh-oh, murmuring, complaining. I don't think pastor ought to do all that. I don't think we ought to. Complaining, comparing ourselves one to another. I should be the one preaching. I should be the one singing. I should be the one playing on the keys. I should have the spotlight. If we're not careful, we turn it around where it's no longer how great he is. We sing how great we are. And we lift us up instead of him. If the devil can keep us close to the world in our interests and desires, he can have great influence on us. That's why John said, in 1 John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Can I tell somebody tonight, don't fall in love with the world. Don't get wrapped up in Egypt. For if you love the world, if you fall in love with Egypt, the love of the Father is not in you. I've made up my mind. I can't stay close to Egypt. I can't stay in Egypt. I got to get out of Egypt. I got to break some ties. I got to break some relationships. I got to separate myself from negative people and naysayers. I've got to find somebody that loves God. Because if you're not careful, the people you hang out with are the very people that take you to Egypt. You said, I'd never do that. I'd never go there. I'll never. You better be careful. You better realize as fast as God saved you is as fast as you could fall. That's why the apostle Paul, the great apostle Paul, what did he say? I've got to die daily. If Paul had to die daily, 
Don't you think it'd be fitting in your daily routines to say, God, search my heart. Search the cracks and crevices within. Search the places I know not of. If there's anything in me that displeases you, forgive me and purge me and take it away. I want to please God. I came out of Egypt and I don't ever plan on going back. The third compromise, okay, where you, you can't stay close and all that. Well, don't take your family. Exodus 10, 11, not so. Go now ye that are men, just the men, and serve the Lord. Pharaoh knew that if the men didn't take their families, that that'd be a strong pull for them to go back to Egypt. The devil says if you're going to be an apostolic, just keep it to yourself. He doesn't want us to take the next generation with us out of Egypt. For he knows if it stops with us, we become extinct. Can I tell somebody, we've got to pass this on. We must teach this one to another. We must get into the book and we've got to teach Bible studies. I was so moved last night of a woman that was praying and doing all that she needed to do and Brother Mangan said, I'm glad you're praying, but go in a soul. Go teach a Bible study. We need, don't get pastor wrong. We need to pray. But we don't just need to keep it here. Bible said we hide this gospel. It's hid to them that are lost. We've got to get this message out. Notice what Israel did when they finally left Egypt for good. Bible says in Exodus 13, 19, that Moses took with him the bones of Joseph. Those bones were the symbol of Israel's history. They also spoiled, the Bible said, they spoiled the Egyptians when they left. They used their inventions of the Egyptians to do the will of God. They took their possessions with them. And we need to do what Ezekiel did when he said, hey, can these old bones live again? Don't leave the next generation in Egypt. Don't let it stop with you. Don't stay in Egypt. Make up your mind. I can't stay in Egypt. I don't have the benefits that my kids had growing up. I wasn't raised in this. And how dare I get offended, bitter, mad, get twisted the wrong way and walk out on God if I do this, I affect them. I don't want that curse back. I don't want disaster to fall again. I don't want anguish and guilt and loneliness and all that hatred and, and animosity. I broke that curse. And I don't want to pick it back up. Some of us got to make up our mind. Hey, I'm in this thing. I'm in this thing for good. I don't care who comes or goes or, or what they say or what they do. I've made up my mind. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. 
The fourth compromise, the last one is this. Don't take your property. Exodus 10, 24, And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye serve the Lord and only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. Pharaoh wanted Israel to leave some of their property behind. Why? I think he knew that would create a strong pull for them to return to Egypt. Can I tell you tonight, you can't take it with you. What you do down here, you can't take it with you. It stays here. That's why the Bible is so adamant that we are to lay up treasures in heaven where rust and moth does not corrupt. We've got to learn to be givers to the kingdom of God. We got to give ourselves to his kingdom. Give ourselves to his will. Give ourselves to his purpose. We've got to learn to be givers. Leave Egypt alone. You don't need what Egypt is trying to sell you. Because you can't stay in Egypt. But Alex, you can come. I told you I wouldn't be long. I've made up my mind, Brother Rudy, take my car. Take my home. Take my career. Just give me Jesus. He's what I want. He's what I desire. He's what I long for. I, I, I challenge some of you in 2020. Learn to be kingdom minded. Let the master's kingdom become your kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Give him you. Give him your family. Give him your talents. Give him your resources. Give him your dreams. And get out of Egypt because we can't stay in Egypt. We got to make up our minds that I will not allow my job, my bank account, my dreams and my ambitions. I will not allow them to rule my life. I want God to rule my life. And I told you the very onset of this. When you take a step towards God and you take a step towards the kingdom of God, hell takes notice. And hell doesn't like it. Jesus looked at his disciple and said, Peter, you love me? You know I love you, God. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, the third time, do you love me? Get out there. And feed my sheep. We get so caught up in the throes of life. In waiting for payday to come. Waiting for Friday. So I can get that check and 
pay those bills and not have the bills drag me down and carry the weight. Some of us allow our finances to control our lives. Don't worry, I ain't taking an offering. But we allow our finances to control us. You can't control what really comes in. Stop worrying about it. Learn to be a good steward of what God has given to you. Learn to put God first. First fruits. Learn to trust God. Make up your mind. You know what? In 2020, I'm going to trust God. I don't want Egypt, but I'm going to trust God. And you put God to the test. Now don't go out and buy a car you can't afford. Oh, I've got to have this ride. I did a loan or I was going to do a loan for a guy. I pulled his credit. Credit score was great. Try to qualify him. Brother Reuben, he had a car payment. $1,500 a month. I thought, <laughs> I've done this 25 years. I thought it was a misprint. I said, hey, is it supposed to be $500? He said, oh, no, it's 15 The truck's bad. And he just, I was like, well, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to get a pillow and a blanket and live in there because we can't qualify you for a home. We get people that say, well, God, I'm going I'm to try you. I'm going to put you to the test. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to give you my first fruits, but you've already created a mess. You're so far into debt that it weighs heavy on you. And you've got to make up your mind. You know what? I'm starting fresh. I'm starting anew. I will not allow my finances to rule my life. I want God to rule my life. We did financial peace. Some of you graduates in here. He described, Dave Ramsey described making a budget. And on his budget was the first thing that he did. Paid his tithes. But he didn't pay his tithes because if you paid your tithes, that means it was yours. He gave it back. He brought his tithes. Then he brought his necessities. His house, his food, his shelter. And it, whatever didn't make the line, didn't worry about it. He had a creditor call and get mad at him. Said, hey, you owe me this. He said, I'm sorry, but you're below the line. He said he had to dig himself out for a couple years. But he learned to take steps. Why are you talking about this? Because I'm telling you, too many of us 
are weighted down on Egypt, are weighted down on bondage. And we know how to get out of that. We know how to wake up in the morning, say, God, today's a new day. I'm going to trust you. I pray, God, that you would anoint me today. Pray you anoint my mind, my heart, my spirit. And I pray, God, that you would direct me to find somebody I can talk to about you. Because I want to feed your sheep. I don't be worried about the cares of Egypt. I want to, I want to worry about the cares of the kingdom. You say, well, Pastor, how, how can I do that? Well, where do you go? You go to Starbucks? Won't you buy that drink in front of you or behind you? And when they say, well, thank you for doing that, you can say, well, you know what? Just be my guest at Abundant Life Center. If you ever need anything, I want to pray for you. You start doing stuff like that, you start throwing seeds out. The Bible says we water and plant, but God gives the increase. I can't save anybody. I can't heal anybody, but if I could bring them here, if I could just get them the presence of God, God does the rest. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying get out of Egypt. Quit being controlled by Egypt. Say, God, I'm putting you first. I'm living for you. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to spend time in reading your word. I'm going to do whatever I can to let others know there's a better life out there. And that life is with Jesus Christ. Would you stand to your feet with me tonight? Would you raise your hands towards heaven? I told you I wouldn't be long. Would you just tell God, God, I want to turn things around. I'm in a mess right now. I made a mess out of life. And I know that Egypt can't help me. I know Pharaoh isn't concerned about me. But God, I'm praying tonight. God, I'm seeking you tonight. God, the children of Israel, they cried and you heard their voice. I'm crying on a Wednesday night. God, help me. God, save me. God, deliver me. Oh, come on, somebody. Step out from where you are. Throw your hands in the air and say, God, I'm in need of you. I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need of a God that can turn some things around. I'm giving it to you, God. Search my heart. Search the cracks and crevices within. I want to please you. Let your blood run through me. Let your blood run through my veins. I want your kingdom. Come on. Let God turn things around. Let God show you things you've never seen before. Let God take you deeper in the spirit, deeper in the realm of the impossibilities because God can turn them around. Come on, you got family that need this. You've got friends that need this. Your home's in disarray. Your marriage is in disarray. I'm telling you, don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. 
Just get a hold of God and say, God, I need you. God, I got to have you. I can't stay in Egypt. I can't dwell in Egypt. But I'm leaving Egypt once and for all. Hallelujah. Lead us, God. Oh, I'm trusting in you. I put my faith in you. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes, God. I'm running after you. I'm running after you, God. Lead us. Lead us. Direct us. Hallelujah. I'm going to go. about God's kingdom is this when you fall you shall arise quit dwelling on things you did wrong and start dwelling on things you could turn around and do right today is a day of salvation today's a new day it's a new start it's a new beginning can't change the past, but we could change the future. God, I thank you for your children that are here tonight. Pray your hand on them, God. Pray your favor on them, God. I pray, God, that you'd give them dreams and visions. Pray you'd give them favor and wisdom beyond their own understanding. Let them go to the highways and byways and let them tell them about the glorious good news, the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Keep them safe and protect them. We give you praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Find two or three people. Love on somebody. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.